The following program is brought to you by Mind's Eye, the virtual newsstand. 501 Crossroads is your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, Executive Director of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. And we have my fabulous co-host, Natalie Jablonski, the Nonprofit Ninja. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. And we've got a time for another wine on one. Wine on one. That's right. The, the, the topics keep getting better, and we appreciate the feedback you've given us over the past few weeks. They've been mm-hmm. really successful, and we're glad to hear that you are enjoying the new format. Uh, today we want to talk about something that I think can impact anyone, whether you're currently working in nonprofit entering the world of nonprofit, or perhaps you're on the other side and you're interviewing mm-hmm. for nonprofit, and that is interviewing tips. Yes, because so, sometimes you, we have to change jobs. That's right, and it happens, and that's okay. So, mm-hmm. um, And it, if you're a development director, you do it every three years, and you're <laughs> probably very good at it. it don't, tell, don't tell my <laughs> development director that. I you love her just the way mine. she is. <laughs> So one of the reasons that we want to come up with this topic is we get asked a lot of questions from people who are entering the field of nonprofits. Hey, I've got this interview. What tips can you give me? How is it different than corporate? So let's let's go there first. So okay. Marjorie, you got someone. They've been in the for-profit world, and now they want to come into the nonprofit world. They're interviewing with you. What are your big turn-ons, turn-offs? What do you what do you see that you can help give people tips for and advice? So the one hundred percent most biggest thing that Ooh, somebody from a, 100%. a corporate yeah this is it, it, frankly like a lot of times people coming from corporate environments into nonprofits especially people who are of the baby boomer subset okay are often doing that now that I've done my real career I'm going to do my my next career <laughs> and my retirement job is going to be as a a development director of a nonprofit did, did you just say their real career, and now they're just going to do... They're just going to do non-profit just stuff. Gonna, it's so cute. Yeah, it's it's an adorable fantasy. I Rule number one, don't ever have. say that in an interview. Yeah, I, I, that is that is my <laughs> biggest pet peeve ever. Um, so don't do that. Right. But if you are coming from a corporate... I think that people from corporate world can really actually bring a lot of skills to nonprofits that agreed. we need. Agreed, agreed. Um, make sure that you're talking about that in a way that is positive towards a nonprofit and not as... I am the corporate god coming to give you all of these things, oh. you sad little nonprofit. Yes. So the egotistical mm-hmm. side, let's check that at the door. Yeah. Under, understand that nonprofits and corporations are very different. And there's going to be some things that you bring to the table that are going to be awesome for us. And there's going to be things that we're going to need to teach you about the way things are done in the nonprofit world. Development is not sales. Right. You know, things like that. If you if you come into my office and tell me develop, development's just the same as sales, like, I'm sorry, you've you lost your job right there. Right. So and I'm sure there are some other, there's some people that would actually give you the job if you said that. But you, for me, you lost right. that job. And, and I agree with you. It's definitely a honed skill, if you will. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of easy things that you can do just to set yourself up for success exactly. for interviewing, especially if you're interviewing in a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I always say is uh, looking the part. Yes. So don't think because you're going to a nonprofit that means that you don't have to dress oh. appropriately for an interview. I've had exactly. some flip flops <laughs> and yoga pants. Me too. That I have said, thank you. We will no longer be interviewing today. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you didn't even do the interview. Oh no! Wow! No! 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 If your pants don't have pockets because uh, they were meant to be in a yoga studio, you probably should not wear them to an interview. And if Fair. your flip flops came from the dollar special uh, when you were at Old Navy. Mm-hmm. 
you should probably not wear those to an interview. Because we're both wearing really nice sandals right now. We, but they're we are. Not they're super cute. I wish you could see them. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're not telling you to dress like you're going to the Hilton. We're just mm-hmm. telling you dress appropriately. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, you're you're still in a business. You're going to an interview. Mm-hmm. So dress appropriately. Uh, and I always say too, if you're uh, and my kids will tell you that this is my mantra. If you ask them, so if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And mm-hmm. if you're late, don't bother. So make sure you're early. Uh, be respectful as much as we talk about nonprofits who are busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's okay for the nonprofit interviewer to be late. Remember, you're their guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Just by, like at a corporation. Right. But by all means, don't be late, right? Yeah. Although I will say that another one of my little pet peeves is I feel like there's a 15-minute window on each side where I'm kind of understanding. I've had people show up 30 minutes early for an interview. And as an interviewer, that stresses me out because I have somebody sitting in my lobby now. And I don't actually, I don't actually have a lobby, so I've got somebody sitting at the snack table by the bathrooms, which is really awkward. Really awkward. Yeah. So if you are in the greater St. Louis metropolitan area and you're listening to our show, one of the things I hear often is, well, yeah, but I'm in St. Louis and I have to drive to Illinois for the interview, or I'm in Illinois mm-hmm. and I have to drive to St. Charles for the interview, mm-hmm. it, because there's these rivers that divide us and yeah. traffic and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You get there 30 minutes early, no problem. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Drive around write, the block. Write your thank you notes. There you go. Find a Starbucks. Uh, anything mm-hmm. you want, but just please, do, that's a great idea. Yeah. Don't don't put that extra don't pressure on. They don't need to. What's your theory on uh, bringing extra materials? Should they bring a resume? Should you they bring... I like it when they have a resume with them. I don't always take it because sometimes I actually have had the time to print it out and look at it. Um, I've always looked at it before. Like if you're coming in for an interview, I've looked at your resume. Right. But I really do like it when somebody actually brings it in because then I don't have to worry about printing it off or going, oh, John Smith and well, this is actually Jason Jones. Right. You know, so that is that is kind of nice when somebody actually brings all that material with them um, along with, you know, their reference page and all those other things that they brought. Um, I like it when, especially like if you've got a creative person coming in, like if you're bringing a, a writer in or even a development director or somebody like that who is going to be expected to produce things for mm-hmm. us. I like it when you bring a portfolio that I can flip through. It's a good idea. I'm not going to read every little word of it, but I am going to flip through it and I'm going to get a sense of your style. But please don't bring something that's been heavily edited by a lot of other people. I want to see your work. Right. I think that's good, too. And don't plan on giving us a bunch of materials and we're going to keep it. Yeah. Because that's not going to happen either. And then you're just wasting both of our Mm -hmm. time. So have something we can look through that you can take with you. I also feel very strongly about the idea of bring anything that's requested of you. So talk to the person who scheduled the interview and ask how many people will be in the interview. And then always bring one extra copy. Because inevitably... There's some point that I'm walking through the lunchroom on the way out, and I'm like, hey, Marjorie, I've got this interview. I really like your take because they have a background that's really similar to yours. Would you be able to pop into this interview halfway yeah. through? And then in comes Marjorie. She doesn't know you, and you don't have anything for her. And exactly. that's, that could be frustrating, and it actually looks bad on you. So, And actually, we do full team interviews here. I have, I mean, I have a small staff. There's seven of us total, but we all, just about everybody who gets hired here now gets interviewed by five different people Wow. in a, in a group setting. But I want to see how you're interacting with every person on my team because we're a small team. I don't want to add somebody who's not going to jive with everybody. Um, I had somebody who interviewed years ago who I could tell from the outset that person was not going to get along with my administrative assistant. Mm. And that person, my, my administrative assistant, is way too important to me to bring somebody in who's not going to work there. Well, they, that's a good point. So when they're in the interview, is there anything particular that you can give advice to someone or anything you mm-hmm. think that's awkward for them? Or You know, what, when I'm interviewing, 
I, I never know what to do with my hands. Like, and frankly, <laughs> the, that's the like YMCA all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this just shows if we would, if they just give us wine, we'd know exactly what to do with our exactly. hands. Exactly. Right? We talk with them. Right. Right. <laughs> so psychologically, uh, there's been studies done about making sure that your palms are available and present to the person you're interviewing. Mm. Uh, so they give you a high five. Uh, well, there you go. That's right. Good <laughs> job. Uh, but it really just uh, enables trust and builds on trust and character, and it shows that you're not hiding anything. Mm. So obviously you don't want to sit there with your hands out uh, to them the whole time and doing jazz hands, but what they'd suggest is uh, some people want to sit on their hands because they're nervous. Don't do that. Mm. If you are in a chair and there's a table, don't put your hands underneath the table. You want to put your mm. hands above the table so that when you're speaking that you're able to naturally leave your hands open. So mm-hmm. uh, obviously you don't want to cross your arms in front of your chest or um, uh, you want to try to avoid touching your face or your hair because those are signs of insecurity. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you can find a way to rest your hands comfortably on the table in front of you or in your lap, um, being able to use your hands appropriately, that's really what they're looking for is being able to, to see signs of trust. I like that. And actually to kind of add on to that, if you are a woman, be very careful with your bracelets because if you're putting your hands on a table, that jangle, jangle, jangle. I still remember a candidate I had. The only thing I remember about this candidate is how loud her bracelets were. Was it Jingle Bells? Was it Christmas it, time? It was, no, it was oh, summer. <laughs> Maybe it was Christmas and summer. And they, she was dressed awesomely. It was just that all I remember is her, her jangly bracelets. So maybe hmm. leave the bracelets off if you can. You know, a couple bracelets, it's something that sits closely to your wrist is okay. But, right. you know, those those big circle right. ones. that You're not going on the red carpet no. for eHollywood Network. Mm-hmm. You're going to an interview. So exactly. So dial it back a little bit. Yeah. Yep, Lots I agree. Lots of jewelries. Uh, and then there's always they're like, what question should we be prepared for? I think in nonprofit management, mm-hmm. it's very similar to for profit mm-hmm. in that we're all getting our questions from the same websites. We are, and so <laughs> it's become a big trend to ask behavioral questions. Mm-hmm. And you'll know it's a behavioral question when they say, "Tell me about a time when," or "Give exactly. me an example when." So what we're really looking for there is, I want to be able to see when I ask you a question like that. Tell me about your experience, but more importantly. I want to look at what was your thought process that you Mm -hmm. went through? What was your decision-making skills when you went through? How did you use the relationship with your client or with your coworker during that time? And then I want to be able to say, and how is that relevant to me? Yeah. Because remember, this is an interview. Mm -hmm. So you want to bring it back. So uh, what I get a lot of questions on is, I'm in for-profit. I want to transfer to non-profit. I don't have the, quote, viable skills because, Mm -hmm. according to my resume, I've never worked at a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So now you have to help us make that connection. Yeah. So if you're saying, tell me about a time where you had to disagree with a coworker, how did you work through that? What was the result? Go through the whole process, but then go back to how would that impact me as a mission? So mm-hmm. making sure you're referencing things like, I wanted to make sure that uh, it didn't impact our client and the impact on our client. And I didn't want it to demotivate our staff because that was important mm-hmm. to our to the mission of the organization. It's it's still things that I can say, wow, so they were thinking globally and not just in a pocket of, of that organization. And I can see how they would relate to a situation here at my team. Yeah, I like that a lot. The one question I ask a lot is I, I often ask questions that make people realize the time crunch you're going to be under here. Yes. So one of my favorite questions is, it's it's noon on Thursday, and you have uh, an interview that somebody's coming in to interview on the radio. Or no, you're going you're going to supposed to go to Chesterfield to interview another nonprofit about their event. Okay. You also have a uh, a grant that's or no, you have a sponsorship packet that somebody just requested. Oh, good. Um, you have. Um, a volunteer who's sitting at your desk wanting to tell you about their grandkid and your executive director has asked you for your board report by the end of the day. 
And Thanks. how are you going to get everything done by four? Hmm. And what are you looking for in a response? Obviously, what, yeah. is there a right answer? A there is no right answer, but there are wrong answers. Okay. Anybody who tells me I'm just going to get it all done, you, you lose points because I know that you will not get all of that done. I I've actually had that day. You're not going to get it done. Nice. So what are you looking so for there? I'm looking for how are they prioritizing? Are mm-hmm. they prioritizing? Um, are you looking at communication? Mm-hmm. Communication. Are they asking their coworkers for help? Are they asking me for help? Um, because honestly, you know, the one that I throw in there is the, you know, I've asked for a board report. You know, once they get to know me, they realize that most of the time I'm setting deadlines that are first deadlines. And, you know, can we push that back? Mm-hmm. You know, can I get that to you first thing tomorrow morning? Right. Um, yeah, there is such a thing as hard mm-hmm. hard deadlines and soft deadlines. Exactly. And, and so are they able to know which or which? Yeah, so making sure that sponsorship packet goes out first thing, yep. that's what's important. But, you know, knowing, it, making the other thing to me there was making sure that that person knows that that volunteer doesn't need to get just blown off, mm-hmm. that you have to talk about the grandkid for at least five minutes. It's not that much of your time that you're actually taking out to do that, but... It's important mm-hmm. because relationships. Absolutely. So, Five One Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio, which is probably my. We'll, we'll give Natalie your thank you note if you send it here. Fantastic. Um, and it's produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore, and me, Natalie Jablonski, and Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite app and subscribe. Leave us some feedback so yeah, we know absolutely. what you are thinking. Um, we'd love that, and we, we want to know what you want to hear about next time. Exactly. And you can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads, um, where you can give us more feedback. Thank you for listening, and remember, we're all working towards the same outcome.